You know, we've been singing and, and saying and, and shouting and celebrating. Uh, hallelujah. Christ is risen. But how do you know? How do you know that? I mean, that's a, a strong word to say, I know that Christ is risen. You know, we, we live in, in an age that is really is characterized a lot by de- developing not faith, but cynicism. And uh, I'm getting really good at it. I've read an article in USA Today a few months uh, back um, that was entitled, you know, Is Anything for Real These Days? Yeah, you know, so, well, sort of a common saying today, you know, we sort of say it, Really? Really? How do we know what is real? It's getting tougher to tell today, you know, in the popular media, you know, and in the the world of sports. You know, I mean, think about in the last, I don't know, six months or so, just some of the big things that have come where it's sort of like, well, what's true here? What's real? You know, Lance Armstrong, right? You know, our hero, Tour de France winner and all that. And then what did we find out? That really he was cheating and then lying about it. Yeah, and what about, you know, this last uh, uh, college bowl season? You know, the Notre Dame linebacker, Manti Teo. You know, did he have a girlfriend? Did he not have a girlfriend? Was it a girl? Was it a boy? I mean, what really is the story? You know, and... At the inauguration, did Beyonce sing it? Did she not? You know, I mean, what is, what's true? What's real? And then, to top it all off, the A&E, you know, network, TV network, you know, storage wars, you know, where they they come and they bid on, you know, storage bins. Well, you know, in December... There was a suit against the, the, uh, the show and against the network from one of their highest paid bidders. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this was a reality show. I thought this was people who come to these um, different storage places and they bid on what's behind the storage bin, right? Well, how is there a highest paid bidder? Well, it turns out that there's a bunch of people that are paid to be actors on the show. That it's not really a reality show. This guy was suing, I'm not sure why, wasn't getting enough money or whatever, but Dave Hester was his name. And he tells us, really, the whole show is sort of put on. It's scripted. And goes on to pop my bubble about all my favorite reality shows. (laughs) What's real? What's true? And that it is important as we gather on the celebration of the resurrection that we're not gathering just because it's a nice story. We're not gathering just to get a little bit of a charge today. We are gathering because we believe this is true. That God is real, that Jesus is real, that He came among us, He died for us, He was raised to new life, and one day will return to make all things right. We believe that is true and real. 
And we're going to take a look at a passage in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, uh, starting with verse 10. And uh, take a look at that, which is uh, Jesus' appearance uh, right after his resurrection. And what John is teaching us about what is real, uh, what is true in uh, our existence. I invite you to, to turn there on page 882 or you can watch along on the screen. Let's pray together. Dear gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you for Jesus. And we ask now that your Holy Spirit would, would speak to us, um, each one of us, in the particular ways that we need to, to hear from you. As we explore your word, as we look back to the events of long ago, bring them Just as you raised Jesus from the dead, bring those events from long ago to have bearing in our lives today. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, John uh, chapter 20. And uh, what Mary Magdalene's run to the tomb. Some of the disciples have run to the tomb. They see that it's empty, and that's where we pick it up. So some of the disciples or the guys that are following Jesus, uh, along with some of the women, are, are there. So in chapter 10, or chapter 20, verse 10. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary, again, it's Mary Magdalene, not Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying. One at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman... Why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, If you've carried him away, tell me where you laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned, said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I've not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he'd said these things to her. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
I, I, a couple things here that are real, that, that, that sometimes we don't think are real, that we don't recognize, give them the, the, the credit, the reality that they are. And the first is to see here that the spiritual world is real. That there is more to this life than what we can see, than what we can taste, than what we can touch, than what we can smell, than what we can measure. There, there is more to this world than, than we can take in in all of our senses. And we see that here with, with Mary at the tomb because there are a couple angels hanging out there. Angels are messengers from God. Spiritual beings that are in existence, that are all around, that usually we don't see. But in this occasion... The angels are given a manifestation in a way that Mary could see them at this occasion of Jesus' resurrection. And then uh, the risen Christ appears uh, to Mary and, and appears her, but Mary, even she can't see it. You know, because it's outside of her experience. Usually dead people stay dead, especially a day later. And she's also fraught with emotion. And until Jesus calls her name, Mary, then she hears and turns and worships. And she says, hey, don't touch me yet. You know, I'm not in that condition yet. I still have to ascend to the Father. So he's in some risen form, some intermediate state in a way, before he returns in his fully glorified state. So angels, a guy that was dead, now alive, in some form that she can't take. The spiritual world is real. Now, that shouldn't really be that much of a surprise because that's the world in which we live in. Where we really don't know a lot about the world we live in. Um, a couple things uh, this, this year. It may have been a bad year for celebrities and sports folks in terms of being real. But in science, some really good things. Now, I've shared this with you once before, and you, so you can trust me here. We're not going to stay in physics class too long, but just sort of hang with me. You know, the, the Higgs boson particle was discovered this year. Actually, it was identified specifically this year. They even call it the God particle. And it was in, so over in Europe, one of those big old huge atomic colliders. You know, they bring atoms, and they collide them, and then they sort of look at the wreckage and sort of see what it looks like. And in, in doing that, they've identified this little subatomic particle. And they call it the Higgs boson particle. They call it the God particle because the reason they knew it was there, for the last 50 years or so, scientists have been postulating there's this Higgs boson particle. Higgs boson is through the, the, some of the names of some of the guys that were saying that this probably existed. And the reason they knew it existed is because they could see its effects. They said something is there sort of holding all these electrons and protons, quarks and all that kind of stuff Something's there sort of holding it together. Something is there giving it mass. And we, we see its impact. We see its effects as we look in these high-powered microscopes and colliders and those kind of things. But we can't see what it is. But we're going to look for it. We're going to search for it. Decades later, just this year, they, they found it. Science by faith. Right? For 50 years, they said, we know it exists. We see its impact. We see the results of it, but we can't identify what it is. Well, in, in reading about that, as interesting it was, at least to me, um, and so I share it with you, find out that now we have a good handle of identifying, measuring, uh, at least you know, microscopically, 
on 5% of the universe. 5% of the matter of the universe is light matter, stuff we can see, stuff we can measure. 95% of the stuff in the universe, scientists, none of them can say we see it. It exists because we see its impact. We see its effect in sort of holding the universe together, causing the universe to do these kind of things. But we cannot identify 95% of what exists in this world. We just see how it impacts the world. Now, for those of you that are taking notes, the 1% of you who are interested in physics, it's 25% is dark matter and 70% is dark energy. They call it dark because it can't be seen. So now, that gives a little different meaning to that question, what is real, doesn't it? What is true? What, what really exists? If those that are the smartest among us with the greatest tools are saying, we can only get a handle on about 5%. There is more to this world than what we can measure than what we can identify, than what we can touch and smell and taste, what we can feel. I propose to you that the events of Easter, the events of, of, of the, that are shared with us in the Gospel of John, claim that the spiritual world is real. And that Jesus' resurrection is real. It's not just a nice metaphor for spring. You know, that only works in part of the world anyway. It's not just a nice metaphor for, for gathering for family events and enjoying beautiful flowers. I enjoy all those all, and I'm glad that Easter serves as that. But the resurrection is a lot more than that. The resurrection is not just another occasion to get a pep talk. Hey, don't give up. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the reality of God becoming human of engaging with the evil in the world, suffering and dying and demonstrating in real time and space that the power of God is greater than the power of evil. That life is greater than death. That hope is greater than despair. That faith is greater than terror. That love conquers all. That what the resurrection of Jesus Christ shows us. And if the resurrection did not happen, then friends, we are wasting our time here. Go ahead and beat the crowds to the buffet. I'm wasting my time. For I am not giving my life to a nice metaphor to a cool story. I am giving my life to what I believe is true and real. And all who follow Jesus are doing the same. The Apostle Paul said as much in his letter to the Corinthians, to the church in Corinth at the, the very end. He said, listen, 
If we're not raised from the dead, if, if Jesus, Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then we're not raised from the dead. And so we're wasting our time here. We might as well go eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, and it's all over. If indeed Jesus did not raise from the dead. So I wonder... For us, for, for you and, and, and for me. What does this mean then? I mean, how does, the, if the resurrection is real and true, then how does it impact our lives? I think we get a little bit of a hint from the scientists and, and their, their finding of the Higgs boson and, and the, of dark matter and all that because how do they know that it's there? They can't see it, can't touch it, measure it in any way. How did I say they, that they knew it was there? How Higgs and Boson knew? Well, something is out there that does that. It's because they saw its effects on the rest of the world around there, on the stuff they could see, the stuff they could feel. They knew the God particle was there because of how it impacted the things that were around it. Well, I think what that means for us is that the church is the God particle. Yeah, the, the, we're, we're the ones, that in the, the folks that are around us, we're the ones that ha- have to be living in a certain way according to the ways of faith, hope, and love, according to the ways of honesty, according to the ways of righteousness, pursuing justice even to our own demise. So that the world around say, where does that come from? I mean, Jesus told us, they'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Where does that, how does that impact us as a church? It's why we we pour ourselves into the children in our community and and go to the schools and and invite folks here and and tutor those so that they can read. It's why we we have a, a lunch in the fellowship hall, for those that may not eat today or if they, they wouldn't eat with anybody else. And they could come and, and eat today while we have an Easter egg hunt for any and all that will come. Because we're seeking to be, in a sense, that expression of the power of the resurrection in the lives of those around us today. We, we pour ourselves into our communities, into our city, because we know that God loves our city, and so therefore we do also. And we refuse to seclude ourselves into our own little gated community, because that's not the way of Jesus. It's why we're, we're committed uh, to racial reconciliation. Why we're committed to being a multicultural church, because we refuse to settle for the way of the world. We refuse just to tolerate or to coexist because we know God desires people of all types and kinds to follow Jesus together and that He and He alone, the risen Christ, is more powerful than any other sociological power around. We want the world to say, wait a minute, how does that happen? Not by our ingenuity, not by our strategy, but by the power of the risen Christ in our lives. Now, the second part of the passage then 
tells us not only that the spiritual is real, but also the material is real. Physical world. There's spiritual world, there's physical world, right? And the physical is just as real as the spiritual. Because what happened? How did Jesus identify himself to his disciples? What did he show them? Showed him his hands and his side. Showed him the scars from his real life as a human. He kept those scars. You know, some in our world want to say, want to go sort of the other way. Want to say, no, it's just all spiritual. That's a denial of the crucifixion. It's not all just spiritual. You know, if you sort of get some of the, the pop religion of the day, you know, they sort of say, well, you know, sin and evil, it's just an illusion. No, it's real. The blood was real. Some will say, yeah, there's really no such thing as illness. It's just a you know, bad frame of mind. Oh. Some will say, you know, it's just when bad things happen to you, that's a sign that, that you're, you don't have enough faith or that you're not praying correctly. How is Jesus not praying correctly? How, is, how did Jesus not have enough faith? Or how was he believing in the wrong things? And had nails in his hands and a spear in his side and a nail in his feet. Now, this is not some little, well, Pollyanna sort of, well, if you get lemons, make lemonade, or the glass is half full, not half empty. No, this is not that kind of pep talk. That What happens in this world is real, and Jesus endured it, and he conquered it. In a sense, what he's saying, it's not that the glass is half full, half empty. It's like there's something beyond the glass. If you're just looking at the glass, then you're missing it. You look at the glass and all that is around you. The power of God for what is good, right, beautiful, loving, and just in time and space. In my life and yours. In our lives together. We affirm the spiritual, but we don't deny the material. We don't just affirm the material and the physical and then deny the spiritual. No, they are connected and combined. And Jesus brings them together beautifully. That's what happens in the final scene in our passage, right? Jesus, again, with his followers, he he comes into their midst, shows them his hand and his feet. And then what does he do? He breathes on them. Peace be with you. Maybe he learned from his experience with Mary Magdalene. It's good to sort of lead with that, you know, when you're a resurrected one being seen for the first time. Peace be yours. And he blows on them. The Holy Spirit. It's a great illustration, and John brings up earlier in the passage, about how breath, you can't see it, but you see its impact. You can hear it. John tells us later, earlier on, the Holy Spirit is not something that you can see, but you can see the Spirit's impact, just like you see the wind. As the wind blows leaves and trees, you don't see the wind, but you see its impact the same with the Holy Spirit in 
our lives. It's in Jesus, then, that the physical and the spiritual come together perfectly for us. Where he grants us that peace as we engage this real world, fraught with troubles, pain, sometimes characterized by terror or despair. The power of his Holy Spirit in us, walking with Jesus in the power of his Spirit in this life, is how then we are to live in the power of the resurrection. Knowing that life is greater than death, that faith is greater than fear, hope is greater than despair, and that love is greater than evil. As real as I am standing in front of you now, God is just equally as real in the spiritual even though we may not see it, may not be able to touch it, smell it. I'm wondering in your life, how real is God to you? How real is the the spiritual world to you? I mean, at times we can get so caught up in the physical, we don't have time to consider that which is beyond what we see, taste, feel, and measure. I mean, what we're seeking to be as a community of Jesus followers are folks that help one another to follow Jesus in all areas of life, to to bring the the spiritual and the physical together. That the spiritual is real and the material is real, and in Jesus they come together in life abundant. How, How real is Jesus to you in your life at school? How real is Jesus... To you and your life at work, at home, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your parenting, when you're alone. Jesus is risen. He is alive and he wants to walk with you in all of life. That's that's why we're here to help one another do that. And I wonder, even now, that maybe some of you are are sensing, you're you're hearing just a little prod. Yeah, I want Jesus to be real. I want to live in light of the reality of the spiritual. I want the resurrection to be more than just a nice metaphor. Maybe even something more specific is coming to your mind. A commitment that you need to make. A conversation you need to have with another. A question you really need answered. A habit that needs to be changed. Listen, don't discard that nudging and that thought. Don't just think, well, it's just emotional manipulation. Don't, don't just think, well, I had too much candy this morning. Don't just think you're still recovering from sleeping, getting to bed late last night. Maybe 
It is a nudge, a touch from the spiritual world. Maybe it is from that thing you can't, from that place you can't see, touch, feel, and measure that God is speaking to you, is nudging you to Him, nudging you to life and life to the full, bringing together the material and the spiritual. Don't discard that thought. Listen. Maybe even respond. God, is that you or is that me? And then tell somebody. Okay, tell somebody you trust. Find somebody that you can share that with. I I invite you at the conclusion of the service to come into the prayer room with elders in the church who will be there. Love to simply hear what you are feeling from the spiritual realm, from, from God in you, from the risen Christ. And love just to pray with you, talk with you about that. What we see in this passage is that you are real, I'm real, and so is the resurrection. So is the spiritual. And and our longing, our desire is to make the power of the resurrection real in our lives. So that we might have impact, we might have influence around us. So that the, the world outside of this community might say, What is going on over there? May the power, the reality of the risen Christ be real and true in us as we carry on the work that Jesus did. That's what he said to the disciples then when he blew the Spirit into them. That now, as I have been sent by the Father, now I send you to be Easter men and Easter women, empowered with the same power of the resurrection. Amen.